BBC Radio 4000. It's time for the afternoon play. Beautiful World is written by George Thomas and performed by Insect Heroes.
sometimes it seems like there's not many people in the world worth telling stories about, but then some days it seems like everybody in the world's got a story. Either way, though, telling stories is what I do, and either way, I'd say on balance it's worth telling you a story about Eric. I met Eric when we were at the council. Emptying dog shit bins, that was mine and Eric's job. For all I know, it might still be Eric's job. Probably is, I'm not sure. For me, it was just temporary, though. Something I didn't have to think about too much, so I had some energy left for real work. Ah, but what's more real than emptying dog shit bins, eh, you ask? Well, for me, it's all sorts of things. Some days it's one thing, some days it's another. Something to give me a bit of hope, if you know what I mean. At that time, I was writing a pornographic novel. It was called Ecstasy in Suburbia, and... I really believed it would expand the horizons of the genre in every sense of the words, if you know what I mean. I used to test out bits of it on Eric as we drove between bins or as we sat and ate our pieces in the van. So here we go. This bit's just a summing up of the scene before we go into the more intimate details. So even the pet guinea pigs looked astonished as they watched the assembled guests let out a collective moan of pleasure at the sight of the evening's entertainment, which was provided by the sensually attractive curves of Mr and Mrs Graham from number 35, engaged in heavenly congress amidst the arousing textures of a Swiss cheese fondue. What do you think, Eric? Well, my eyes have been opened, Barry. My eyes have really been opened. That was what he would usually say. Or, more occasionally, he would say... Ach, I've seen it all before, Barry. I've seen it all before. The thing was, he usually said he'd seen it all before when I told the most extreme and bizarre bits of the stories. And I was sure that some of these genuinely broke new ground for the imagination itself, let alone erotic literature. Maybe he was just saying it for effect. I don't know. As I got to know him better, though... I'd realised there was more to Eric than the lads that the yard gave him credit for. They usually called him a numpty or a bungalow, and sometimes they wound him up so much that he literally foamed at the mouth, and his eyes rolled to the back of his head, and little drops of spit ran down his chin. They took this as proof that he was more than a few steps behind them on the ladder of evolution. He'd also been in the parks department since before most of them were born, and they took this as more proof that he was a poor specimen of the species. They loved to tell and retell this anecdote of how he'd knocked over a set of goalposts while mowing the grass with the tractor. It was said that this was the event that had led to his relegation to emptying the dog shit bins. The truth was, though, that beyond the smell, which he soon got used to, the dog shit bins was the cushiest job on the council. We're our own bosses, you and me, Barry, and there's not many people around here can say that. A bit of freedom, that's what we've got, and you can't even buy that in this world. Everyone's tied down to something, and I'll tell you that for nothing. Aye, that's true, Eric. And then we'd sit in silence and look at the view from wherever we'd parked up, which was usually a cemetery on a hill somewhere out towards Knightswood. From there you could see right over Glasgow, and further away as well, to the windmills on the hill. 
At these times, I would drift off into daydreams of a brave new world of perversions. That brave new world which would stretch the boundaries, not just of erotic literature, but of the imagination itself. I think Eric must have daydreamed as well, although his daydreams were of a more philosophical nature. I began to notice they usually ended with a reflection on the nature of existence and mortality, and I started to look forward to these moments of revelation, almost as much as I looked forward to my lunch itself. Uh, what are we doing, Barry, all driving around like mad things? There's no prize for winning the race of life. Once it's gone, it's gone. I don't know what set him off on that thought. We weren't driving anywhere, and neither was anybody else in the cemetery. I suppose it didn't really matter. The saddest thing in life, Barry, is you'll never really truly know what it feels like to stand in someone else's shoes. This was something that had often crossed my mind as well, actually. What I didn't know at that time, though, was that I would soon come as close as anyone else to knowing what it was like to stand in Eric's shoes. The reason for that was that it wasn't long afterwards that he told me about the Library of Atmospheres. And even though a lot of other things happened after that as well, it was when he told me about the Library of Atmospheres that I knew that Eric had a story worth telling. And I knew that one day I'd be the one to tell that story. Shall we start? 